it, church. Yeah, I, I say that over and over again, but I'm still amazed by his goodness and his mercy towards us. He loves us all, loves us eternally. Thank God, thank God. When you got him, what else you need? Go ahead and say it, amen. amen. Praise the Lamb of God. Open your Bibles. So before we do that, though, let me invite and, and welcome all those that are in the Internet and Facebook. We welcome those outside of NCF in this building here in Warsaw, Indiana. We welcome you that you've tuned in and, and listened, and we thank God so uh, that you're here with us. And I believe God has got some good things that, uh, for all of us to, to, to listen to and have for us. Touch your neighbor says, God is going to do some mighty things. It's hard to believe we're in the third month of this year already. Uh, time is going so fast, um, and uh, spring is just right around the corner. Thank God for that. Uh, I'm glad spring is here. Uh, some said they've seen the robins. I have not seen them yet, uh, but that's always a sign in Indiana. That's what we say. Spring is here. So um, I do hear the geese. <laughs> they like to make a mess, <laughs> but they home and uh, they're starting to connect. Uh, the other day I was driving to work and I smell a skunk. I go, oh, we're heading towards spring. <laughs> so God is good. Stand for your reading of God's word, if you would please, and open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Continue to pray for those that are not here. Those that um, are here, continue to pray for one another. Uh, there's some that couldn't be here for one reason or another, or maybe they just chose not to be here, but maybe they're battling some things, and maybe it's uh, physical, maybe it's uh, some other areas. But just pray for them, that God would touch them. How many knows that God's put us together? Yes. The church is not made up of a building. The church is made up of his people. The Bible calls them, or at least the Greek word is ecclesia, the called out ones. We've been called out from this world to come close to God to, that he can prepare us for heaven. I can't wait till we get to heaven. Mm, heaven's just right around the corner. Thank God. But let's read from the word of God. And uh, let's go three verses. We'll read verses eight through 10. And it says, from, for from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, your faith towards God has gone out so that you do not need to say anything for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Tell your neighbor, he's real. He's real. Uh, and you may be seated in his presence. Title of the message, if you want to put a title to it, Awaiting Eagerly. Awaiting Eagerly. How many's ever waited for something and you got anticipation in your heart you're going to do it? Maybe it's something that doesn't an event or, or maybe it's a, a meal or maybe it's an anticipation that afterwards we're going to go do an event, but you have an anticipation. How many knows when you have anticipation, something happens, you come in with the spring in your step. 
You come with a smile, with something that and says, well, what happened to you? <laughs> what have you been drinking? <laughs> In other words, what have you been on? But we see from the, and, and the name of our church is New Creation. And we have fellowship with one another. And we're, the word we get and those words we come from is from 1 Corinthians where that, um, the apostle Paul brought it says, uh, all things have passed away, behold, all things become new. Aren't you glad for the old things? Have passed away. <laughs> I can get you stopping there. See, those old things put you in bondage. Anything that gets you in bondage, uh, that is not living. I see people that uh, they're driven that they have to have certain things to kind of get them going into certain places and energizing them. They're constantly having that driving force in them. But the Bible says the things of the world have passed away. In other words, they're gone away. You've have had a funeral, in other words. Passed away means it's no longer a part of you. They've departed. Death means that it's no longer part of the one aspect, but it's moved on. Thank God for my past moving on. But thank God for something new. Let me hear an amen. Amen. The Apostle Paul states here from this writing about the Thessalonica people and what took place from them. See, these people were eaten up with idolatry. They loved to worship idols. They loved to have those things. Now, what is an idol? Anything bigger than God. Let me say that again. You don't have to put a statue outside your house, statue in front of you. Anything bigger than God becomes an idol. And whatever you have, see, uh, we see that with a lot of people. They have put a lot of things bigger than God, and that's become an idol. But let me talk about this group of people because they were saying that something was going on and something happened. It says, every place I go, I keep hearing about these people called the Thessalonians. They had something take place in this. He says, notice what Paul says, your faith towards God, your faith towards God. Every place I go, I hear about your faith. It's not just in one area. It's not just, but it says, everywhere I go, I hear about your faith. Now, what has taken place? There came a change. Something took place. How many has ever seen somebody, they get a, a, a change from dressing up or putting something on and people notice it. You color your hair. Wow, what did you do? A change took place. Maybe you wore something that was different that's out of the ordinary from you. Wow, what happened to you? These people, something took place. They were idol worshipers, first of all. See, this is what happens when you become a born-again believer. Something happens within you. Deep inside, something changed. Your direction, your thoughts, the way you speak, the way you act, the people you hang around, something has changed. They're different. People notice things that are different. They notice when you get something and it's different. They understand it. These people understood this, but they says they, they were serving, going after idols, but now they serve the one and true God. 
See, religion is always trying to find a way to get to God, trying to put on so that people can notice. But when you have a heart change, something takes place. That is different. Your actions, your words, something happens. And the Thessalonica people were being talked about. Now, that's a good talk. That's not just gossip. (laughs) Yes, and they were hearing from God. Let me put that out there. Some people seem to think that you're mental because you hear from God. Why do we pray to God if we don't want to hear from him? That's the way I look at it. I want to pray to God to hear from him. I need God. See, I don't pray to God. He knows my every need. He knows what I'm going through. But I need his presence in my life every day. It says that they they were in a place they turned from, from those idols to God to serve him. That took a notice. But it wasn't just that. There were some other things that Paul brought up here. And it says that in verse 10, it says to wait for his son from heaven. We as a church, our world, this world that we live in is not our home. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. You may go through things, you may have things hit you, but if you build upon this world, it will cause you issues. It will cause you problems. But see, we're not of this world, so we're separate in a lot of ways. And what was taking place with these people, they not only had a change of heart, not only had a change of action, not only had a change of what they were doing and what they were worshiping, but something that they said and Paul noticed that he was hearing, they were looking for the Lord. Now, what was that they were looking for him? Him to come to get them and take them home. This world is not my home. And for them, their testimony was, he's coming back. That's like a bride waiting for the groom. They get ready and get prepared. And and I'll never forget. I've been in a lot of weddings, a lot of this, and and done and overseen a lot of weddings. But when the man sees his bride coming, there's a lot of them. I don't care how big they are, they start crying. (laughs) Tears start flowing. That's my bride. Jesus is like that, and and I know the bride is looking and anticipating to be with him. Notice what uh, these people were. It says uh, they waited, and I truly believe they were eagerly waiting. It just wasn't a waiting. Okay, he'll come. He'll come. They were eagerly, and all of a sudden you see a change from what everybody was talking about. These people are constantly talking about the Lord Jesus. They're constantly waiting for him to return because they knew that the place they were living was not their home. It's not where they're supposed to land. In other words, their first citizenship was not in this world. That's the second citizenship. I had the first citizenship in heaven. When my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, my life changed. When I came to know the Lord, something happened with inside of me. It changed. My thoughts changed. My desires changed. I didn't look at going to church as, well, I have to go to church. I got up and said, I get to go to church. I get to be around godly people because those are the people I'm going to spend eternity with. Why not get to know them now? Why not to be around them now? That encourages you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. They had a transformed life, not the same person. This transformation is a metamorphosis. Something happened to them. 
They may look like everybody, but I'm telling you what, something changed. They were looking, waiting eagerly. And of him who were raised and what was they saying? They were looking for him because they knew that God was going to judge this world and God will judge the world. They were no longer looking at idols, but they were looking and the report came that they were eagerly, they were wanting, they desired to be in the presence of God. They wanted to go home. This world is not my home. Touch your neighbor and say, this world is not my home. The next event that's going to take place in the Christian life for the church is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. One day we're here and next day we're gone. It could be one day, next second we're gone. Before the end of this service, we could be gone. We could be out of this place. That's the reason why we do rapture practice. Because the rapture means being caught up. That's not in the word of God, but it means a catching away, a caught up when we hear the trumpet sound, when we hear him call us home and our numbers called up and we're ready to go. We have rapture practice because we're raptured up with the knowledge that he's going to take us out of here. That's the reason why one, two, three, I'm out of here. We jump, hopefully we just keep going. (laughs) You can have everything I've got in this world. It doesn't mean nothing. Amen? That money you can't take with you. The house you have, you can't take with you. The cars you have, you can't. The clothes you have. Because God's going to clothe you with heavenly clothes. He's got something on the rack for you. It's better than Kohl's, better than Carson's, better than any place you can go. Macy's and all the other expensive places. He's got something just made just for you. Why wouldn't you want to talk about that? I've been through enough and heartaches in this life. Have people lie on me, cheat on me, do things like that. But my mind is not on them. My mind is on the Lord Jesus Christ. The next great event that's going to take place is him coming after me. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52 says this in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed forever. Let me put it to you this way. It's not a fairy tale. Far too many people think it's a fairy tale, even in church. Well, I've heard that all my life. I've heard that. uh, they, They said it since I was a little kid. It's not a fairy tale. One third of the Bible talks about the coming of the Lord. It prophesies about the coming of the Lord. Not when he was just a babe in a manger. He grew up, but he went to the cross. And we're going to celebrate the resurrection here pretty soon. And he rose from the dead that he can sit on the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and for me. But he's anticipating coming back. He eagerly says, Father, now is the time to go get my bride. I want to bring her home. I want to bring those that have been waiting eagerly for me. Let me go get them. I can imagine he rattles the father's throne. Now, now, because the Bible says only the father knows when he's going to send Jesus back to us. But we need to be anticipating, eagerly waiting. I'm awaiting eagerly, not just sitting on the sidelines. It's not a fairy tale. Notice what the Thessalonica church was talking about. His coming, his coming, his coming. They changed. They did no longer look at idols, but they were now serving the living God. But they were looking for Jesus that changed their lives, that done something to them and happened. And that changes the course of what people think about you. Aren't you glad that Jesus is coming back for you? 
The Bible says in Romans 8, 22 and 23, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly. Notice that eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. How many's ever had some pains in your body before? Am I the only one to ever get up and have pains? <laughs> Sometimes I get up and I'm going, where did this come from? You get me going, oh. And the older I get, the more I feel those things. Amen. You want me to go up the stairs? Let's take the elevator. <laughs> You want me to run? No, let's walk. <laughs> Things change just a little bit. Let me just sit here for a little bit. Your body changes. It's just a, a preparation knowing that one day my body's going to take on the eternal body. Oh, that's enough to shout on. I don't have to worry about the pains and the aches and all the things that comes with age and, and other things that happens in your life. And how many knows that we've all had those? And when that, this should be a place where we anticipate. In other words, we're anxious for the return of Jesus Christ. We're anxious for him to come back. See, he has some better things. It's better than a new house, better than a new car, better than a job promotion, better than a sporting event. It's better because he is preparing us for eternity. As we read from here, the whole creation, it groans. The one thing that we've noticed in the last while over the years is earthquakes, the hurricanes. There wasn't too long ago, just a few years ago, Indiana had a hundred some odd tornadoes in one year. When I was growing up, I never heard that many tornadoes hit a state. I know other states have had them too. The earth is groaning and, and it's, it's just like a woman getting ready to give birth uh, to a child. They come to a place when all of a sudden they say, it's time. They can feel it inside them that the baby is going to be delivered. The earth knows because it's under a curse right now. It's been under a curse because of Adam and Eve and what they did in the beginning. That curse is on the earth. You know what? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to see flowers like they really could be? Yes. We think they're beautiful now, but I'm telling you what, when that curse is lifted, you talk about the brightness and the colors. You talk about something looking grand and glorious. It's going to be like that. And I want you to understand this place has got a curse and the earth is groaning. Come back, Lord Jesus. Take away the curse that's on me. I want to do and produce like you want me to. God made the earth to produce some great and grand and glorious things. But right now, some things are happening. It's in a curse. In Mark chapter 13 and Matthew chapter 24, it said, there will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines and troubles. But this is the beginning of sorrows. This is the beginning. We've seen that. Now, what makes the difference? Because we've had earthquakes. We've had hurricanes. We've had all these storms. The intensity is getting worse. Some of these last hurricanes, they said, we've never seen the intensity like it is in this last, this just past year. One of the hurricanes, they said, 
we can't hardly, recording of it, they set planes in to try to record the intensity of the eye of that and the what's swirling. He says, the intensity is so strong. The world is ready for Jesus to come back and make things right. The church is longing. If you're not longing, then you've got your roots too deep someplace else. It's called the world. In Hebrews chapter 9, Verse 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly, there's that again, eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. How many is looking for Jesus? See, sometimes we need to look and say, God, and, you know, some people says, why do you always talk about the Lord Jesus Christ? Why do you always talk about the things of God? Because my heart is not here in this earth. My heart is in heaven. I've already said it all on there. I've just got my body here. I'm just operating. But my heart is home. I want to go home, church. How about you? Amen. I want to be where that I can see those that have gone on before that serve the Lord. I remember growing up seeing those saints of old and how they, they got in and they loved the Lord and they talked about the Lord. They didn't have the pressure like we have, but their mind was not on the pressure of this world. Their mind was on the Lord. Amen. I remember them coming to church and I would walk into church and before they even got in the, the sanctuary, they was in the back foyer and what was they doing? Greeting one another. Oh, it's so good to see you. That's what homecoming's going to be like, church. Don't you want to be around people that's going to greet you? Oh, we've been longing for you to be with us. We've been waiting for you. We've been knowing and we've got a supper. We're going to sit down and eat and we're going to enjoy ourselves. That is a place I want. Who doesn't want to be there? <laughs> Who doesn't want to go? Who doesn't want to be there where that all those around here? This was a testimony of the Thessalonican church. They were looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back. And everyone around was listening and hearing. And they were saying, there's a change happened to those. They used to have everything our idols and they wanted that. But now they don't. The world don't understand us. The world can't understand that because they've never experienced it. See, I can tell you, but I've experienced it. That's the reason why I, I get up and do and say and do and operate the way I do, because I'm eagerly awaiting for his return. I see the signs that's around us. I never thought I would see the actions that's happening in our school systems. I never thought I'd see the, the disrespect of the world against in America, especially. They don't respect the law officers. They don't respect anybody in authority. They don't, they go to school and not knowing whether they're going to come home or not because of no safety. Even with church, we've had in the last uh, couple years, church shootings that has been horrendous. We don't know if from day to day. Who wants to be a part of that world? I want to be where it's safe. I want to be where I can see that God is living there and he brings life to me. Amen. He could come back today. Amen. If you're so mindful of the things around you and your problems and issues, you got your mind in the wrong place. You need to be turbo energized with the things of God. He's coming. He's coming. My mind is saying he's coming. My heart is saying he's coming. I'm eagerly waiting. I'm not ashamed to say that he could come today. 
Some wants to enjoy life. I understand that. I don't have a problem with enjoying life. There's times we just get away. We just enjoy the things, but it is not my life. I take vacation just to get away a little bit, just relax. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all I have pleasure in, just a, just a few little bit of uh, a few days to get away when you can be thinking about an eternal vacation. I'm checking out. I'm I'm retiring from this world. I'm going into a place that I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about getting up and going to work and listen to everything and under the sun, listen to everybody else under the sun, talking about what they've enjoyed and what they've done. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Tell you never, we're just passing through. (laughs) Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our main residence is in glory. And that's what we need to do. This life is passing by. This world is passing by everywhere we go. And one day, if you haven't looked in the mirror, things are changing anyway. Look in the mirror. I have. I said, God, if you're going to make it white, make it white. Do what you need to do because I'm going to leave it one day. It's going to be gone. Can I hear an amen? You can primp and proper and everything like that, but I'm telling you what, there's some things. See, there's nothing down on this earth that compares what the joys that we're going to see in heaven. Thank God. There's pleasures. Let me talk just a little bit about heaven. It's a real place. It's a real place. It, it, It has one door. And the door is Jesus. It has one gate. The gate is Jesus. It has one road that you get into it. It's called the narrow road. And few that there find it. Only few. They like the broad path. Well, I like to move over this way. But Jesus said it's a narrow path. In heaven, there is no limitations. Thank God I can jump and shout and do everything all I want to and not have to worry about, oh, ah, let me find that chair. I didn't know this could go out. I don't have to worry about that no more. It's there. And my body's going to be changed. No limitations. As a young boy, I could do a lot of things and be okay. I have more energy than I thought I could. But as I get a little bit older, okay, things have changed just a little bit. But when I get to heaven, you talk about a body, I can move around and do all I want to do. No limitations to that. Thank God. No aches, no pains, because it's a glorified body. And that's what Jesus was wanting to give us. That's what I long for. We're going home, church. Another thing I notice in heaven, no death. I don't have to worry about being separated from my family or my friends. Thank God they're going to be with me forever. That's what I want to see. No death. Another thing, I don't have to worry about sorrow. Far too many people, there's some things that, that sorrows me. I don't know why there's murderers and rapists and they get by with things. No sorrow. I don't have to worry about these things. Job said this in chapter 14, verse 1. It says, man is born of a woman. It's full is a few days here and then full of trouble. And we see that we have a lot of trouble facing around us. But if my mind is on the trouble, if all I'm listening to is Fox News or, or CNN or NBC, ABC, CBS and just looking at all the downward spirals they want to give you, it will get you in a depressive state. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus come to lift us up. Yes. 
to lift us into a lifter level. And he says, this world is not your home. Get ready. I've gone to prepare you a place. And at the place that I prepared, I'm coming back to get you. He's coming back after you and I. Something I notice with a lot of people, they cry. <laughs> they start off crying. How many knows that the babies, the doctors want to hear them cry from the first thing because they take breath in. But the one thing I notice about a baby, they just don't stop crying in the delivery room. You get them home, they want a bottle. And what do they do when they want the bottle? They cry. They want that bottle. You don't get them in time. They will let you know. Something I noticed with our granddaughter, we have now our newest granddaughter. She does things just a little bit different. She does just, <clears throat> she's starting to find her voice. <clears throat> Friday, I come in and Hannah met me out there and I, I, she had to wait and she almost leaped out of her arms and said, no, no, he's not here yet. She was eagerly waiting for Papa. <laughs> So I picked her up, and she just clung to me. So I brought her in, and, and I was standing around talking to Martha a little bit, and Martha says, well, come, Papa. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when she wants to change, when she wants a bottle, when she's hungry, she will let you know. She starts crying. But see, the crying doesn't end there, because as you get a little bit older, when you can become teens, how many knows you get crushes on people? Women, have you ever got crushed on a, la a man? Or a boy, oh, I can't wait. And all of a sudden you start dating him and then they leave you and start dating the, maybe the cheerleader. What happens to your heart? You go home weeping and crying, mom, he left me. You're crying when you, those relationships are changed. Guys are the same way. They just don't show it until they get home. I never forget, uh, uh, Anna was telling me a story when they went on vacation and Javi was home and they had been dating Hannah. He got bit by Hannah. I'll let that sink in just a minute. He had the Hannah bug, in other words. He got home, and before he went into the house, he went to his car, started up. Where are you going? I'm going to see Hannah. That doesn't mean that they've not had a few tears in the relationships. There are some that, not only the breakups and things of that nature, but there's those that huh, they want to get married. I can't wait till I get married. I can't wait. And, and you cry and you and anticipation. You're eagerly waiting for that day that you walk down the aisle and I'm getting married. Then after you get married, you cry. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. <laughs> My wife's laughing on that one. When you get older, you get sick. Your bodies change. Pretty soon you find yourself alone. Pretty soon you've, all the ones that you grew up with is no longer around. You start crying. You get lonesome. You want to be around those people that... Now, this is really encouraging at this point, isn't it? You're thinking, uh, Pastor, you're talking about heaven, and then you're talking about all the things. I want you to know, it's just a preparation point. Your world, this world is not my home. You go through these things. You may cry and you may have sorrows, but the Bible says in heaven that God's going to wipe away every tear. Yes. 
I don't have to worry about it. You may get there for just a season. You may cry for a little bit. And all of a sudden, he wipes away. And there'll be no more tears. There'll be no more sorrows. There'll be no more downers. You don't have to worry about having a bad day up there. Thank God. I don't have to worry about having a bad hair day. My hair is going to be just right, white and glorious like Jesus. I'm going to have a robe and clothes that's just going to be just for me. And all of a sudden, I get to see some things that I have never seen. And only the half has been told. Thank God. These days that we're going through, you may cry for a little bit, but hang on. Heaven is waiting for you. The anticipation. I know the bands in heaven are been tuning up and getting ready. Brother Ollie, you and I can sit back and listen to some guitars. All of a sudden, the pianos will be playing. The harps will be going. Those angels have said they made it home. They're home for good. See, that's what we're looking for. I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the uppertaker. Why don't get me out of this place? No more disappointments. No more have to worry about, am I going to get up feeling happy? Am I going to get up feeling sad? Am I going to get up feeling blue? Or am I going to have the blues? Am I going to get up and feel this way or that way? I don't have to worry about that because heaven has already got a place for us that we can be in a place of state of contentment. You know what else I see in heaven? Or I don't see in heaven? Let me put it that way. I don't see no devil. Thank you, Lord. He's gone. He's not in heaven. You know what it tells me? Sometimes the devil comes along and starts talking about your past. How many know sometimes you've done things that you're not so proud of? You're ashamed of. I wish I'd never done that. I wish I'd never said that. And the devil comes and he says, look what you did. You know what I like to do? I may have done that, but Jesus forgave me. But let me tell you. My future is better than yours, devil. <laughs> the Bible says that an angel is going to come wrap him up with a chain and going to cast him down. And then his ultimate fate is going to be in the lake of fire. Thank God that the devil's not going to be in heaven. I don't have to worry about being intimidated. I don't have to worry about the things that he throws at you. But his future is not bright, but mine is bright. So church, you need to rejoice. You need to say, God's prepared a place for me. And this place I'm going through is just for a moment. It's just for a second. This is a commercial break, church. I'm telling you, I'm talking about heaven. It doesn't cost you a dime. They didn't pay me this, but heaven did. Thank you, Lord. But if you don't care about his coming, if you're not interested in his coming, you're too carnal. You're too worldly. You're hanging on to things that is keeping you from letting go. You're too heavy with the things around here. That's carnal. See, you set your affections on things below, not on things above. See, as a believer, my heart left this place. I may not have the finest, but I'm telling you what, God's preparing the finest. See, when you get full of the Holy Ghost and you go through these things of sorrow, all of a sudden you find and you realize it's losing grip on me. The world is losing the grip on me. I no longer have to worry about the things of this life, but it's losing a hold on me. The longer I serve the Lord, the longer I live, the less this world has a hold on me. The less that I am concerned, my yearning is deep inside the coming of the Lord is nigh. That's what I have. I'm ready. I consider myself still, still young, and I'm ready. 
I don't care what age you are. You need to be ready. I've got a lot, lot of living to do. I got a lot of things I want to see done. But I'm telling you what, if he would come today, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, some of you just look at me like a, a cow looking at a new gate that I said before. We used to raise pigs and they look at you and what are you doing there, you idiot? <laughs> they would sit there and they just stand outside that gate looking at you. What? That's the way some people look at you. So, Pastor, what are you doing? See, I've not lost my marbles. I've not lost my rocker. My mind is set upon heaven. I want my children to go, but I can't make them to go. I want them to live godly, but I can't make them. I don't want to make them. I want them to have a desire like I do. I desire to be with Jesus. I desire to be with those that have gone before. I desire to be in a place that he's prepared. I desire for that. I thank God he's doing that. I thank God he's got it. Praise the Lord. Why not rejoice? See, this world I'm passing through, but I'm looking to a better place. I'm rejoicing, church. No wonder be happy. No wonder be excited. It beats anything that this world has to offer. Yes. Far too many people have, have got their minds off of eternity and on temporal things. They're thinking about the temporary, the things that's happening now, but my mind's on eternity. Eternal things. When you get your mind on that, you act different. You walk different. Your purpose is different. The way you do things are different. And I truly believe God's got some mighty and wonderful things laid up for us. I'm going to bring things to a conclusion. Now's not time to be lukewarm. Now's not time to not be on fire for the Lord. Now's not time to look around and get in depression. Now's the time to look up. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for those who eagerly await. You're waiting. You've been awaiting for quite some time. You've been waiting for this, but you need to anticipate. You need to eagerly wait. Not just wait. Yes, he's coming. I know he's coming. But you need to have that eagerness about you, that anticipation. He's going to split the eastern skies any moment. Now is the time to get in the word of God more than you ever have. Now's the time to pray like you've never prayed before. Like my grandmother used to pray on, my John, on the Johnson side, she said, pray until you pray through. Don't just get down just for a few minutes. And that's it. Pray until you know you've reached heaven. There's times I've got on my knees and, and I started out in my, my mind. You know how you just get it going in this. And all of a sudden you find yourself, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost comes on you and you start getting into mindset. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about getting in the mindset that God starts praying through you. And all of a sudden you change the way you pray. You change the way you talk. All of a sudden heaven has come into your room and you know you've entered into heaven and heaven's entered into you in a place that no longer will you just, there's peace that comes. There's joy that happens. And all of a sudden you come out and says, I thank God I got alone with God. Yes. But see, when you get around other people, you can feel a downer. But all of a sudden you feel the lifting of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that there is a time when the glory brings a downward spiral pull. There's a weight to it. Now, what is that weight? It's not downward, but it's lifting up. See, that pull is lifting up. See, that's what gravity does. It holds you down. But gravity from heaven is lifting us up because we're anticipating going on home. Yeah. <laughs> one, we can come to church and do what we do. You need to stay on fire like you've never stayed on fire before. Yeah. 
Thank God for what he's doing. There's some changes that's happened in our world. And we see it. We know it. People's changed. Things have happened in their lives that has rocked the church world even. I heard some news that kind of disheartens mine because it takes away from what the church is. There's a church in Toledo, Ohio. They run a, it's a large mega church. 6,000 people go there. One of the things the pastor got up and did, he says, we want to have a, a beer named after our church and put the beer label of our church on it. That's not the church's main focus is on those things. Now, that's happening in America. There's another church in Kentucky. This pastor got up, and the message was, I need to be the same in as I am out. That's what his message. So he got up, and when he walked to the pulpit, pretty good-sized church, he brought in a Budweiser with him, had to sit down, and he had already a lazy boy that was sitting there, and he talked from that lazy boy to the people. The people are not interested. They're getting that from the world already. They need to hear a change that's taking place. Yes. Thessalonica Church had a change. Their mind was not upon the things of this world. I, I, I read that and I, I heard about these things. And I thought, is this really happening? Is this where we've come to? That our minds... See, those churches are not eagerly waiting for his coming. They're trying to latch a hold of everything of pleasure and everything of this world. This world can't hold a candle to what God's got. When the trumpet sounds, I want to go. Jeremiah said something, and I want to leave this as we move towards the end of what God's given me. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, it says, If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? Now, what is this talking about? There's coming a point in time when this world is going to experience some things I guess never experienced before. And one is the horses that it's talking about is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There's things that is happening upon this world that we've never seen before. Things are lining up till the end is going to happen. There's a war that's coming, Armageddon, and it's going to be at the valley of Armageddon. And at that valley, there's going to be a lot of things happening that's going there. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming back, but he's bringing us saints. Yes. As those that have been eagerly waiting, that we're coming back. Yes. But see, what is the prophet saying here? If you can't contend with the footmen, see, there's little huh, imps, demons that hound you. Don't get me wrong. This world has not been easy to live in. There's things that happen to you. I'm a realist as anybody else. You have those things that seem to nice snipe at you. They kind of bite at you and they kind of nibble at you. And all of a sudden you feel down and forward. But if you can't contend with those, how are you going to contend? If you don't get on fire for God, how are you going to contend with the four horsemen? Yeah. 
How are you going to contend what's going to take place when God releases everything that he's got says enough is enough. I'm going to close this thing and I'm taking those that's home. And if you're not ready, you're going to be here when that happens. I don't want to be here, church. I don't want nothing to take away from what God has got for me. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. And if my kids are not ready, they can have the house. They can have the money. It's not going to mean anything. But if they don't get ready and they walk in, where's mom? Where's dad? Uh, we're gone. We're out of here. We could be driving down the road. And we could be, when we drive that road, all of a sudden the rapture takes place. The trumpet sounds. And all of a sudden we're out. That car can do what it wants to Right now, that little baby of mine, that grandbaby of mine, she's as pure as me, and she's going to go with me. Come on, baby, let's go. <laughs> she can tell the devil, yeah, <laughs> all she wants. <laughs> yes. You can look at this world and go, yeah, we're going home. I'm going to grab her and say, let's go. I love that baby to death. I love all my kids, of all, all of you. But if you're not ready, I'm telling you, God's wanting you to get ready. We're living so close. In 2018, I'm telling you, there's some things that's going to take place, and God's going to use those that are ready. But he's preparing them because there are sinners. There are those that don't know Jesus Christ. He wants to get them ready. But they must hear about a testimony that you've had. There's a little girl that... Every time she'd go to bed, she was just a little thing. She'd get in bed, middle of the night, boom, fall out of bed. Kept doing this for a few nights. Mama would come and pick her up and put her in her arms and put her back in bed and cover her up and she'd stay okay. One night, she fell out of bed. Mama came and she goes, she picked a little girl and said, baby, why do you keep falling out of bed? Says, mama, Maybe it's because I sleep too close where I get in. Too close to the edge. There's so many people that are sleeping, that are abiding so close to the edge. You're going to fall. You eventually will fall. Get away from the edge. There's the edge. I want to get away from it. That little girl was smart. She recognized some things. She told her mama, I guess I need to get over in the middle. I need to get further away from the edge. There's things that if you don't watch it, will pull you in. And pretty soon you'll have some bad things. Get away from the edge. In other words, quit playing with sin. Quit playing with the wickedness that's around us. Quit looking at the filth that's around us. There's so many getting involved with so many things. Quit filling our lives with, our souls with these lies and, and compromise and, and think it's okay. You need to put the line in his hand and say, I'm looking for Jesus. And if I get too close to the edge, I could be lost just like everybody else. But I want you to come with me. You've got to set the tone. You, the church at Thessalonica was setting the tone for the rest of the world. They were looking for Jesus. They not only had a change of heart, 
a transformance that took place in their lives, but their hearts and their minds were looking for Jesus Christ to come. See, we need to get to that place. Jesus, come. I'm looking for you. But while I'm looking for you, I'm going to try to get everybody else I can to go with me. I want everybody to go to heaven. I don't want no one to be lost. But if I don't set the tone that others can see, that person's changed. Something's happened with them. They don't longer worship idols like they used to. They no longer do this or do that, but they serve the living God. It didn't say they did just worship. They serve the living God. But their minds were always talking about, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Stand to your feet if you would, please, over the building. With all the new stuff that's coming into the church world today, with everything that is going on, let me put it to a, it still takes holiness. It still takes purity. It still takes a repenting of a heart and turning to God, turning from the idols that has been things that's been bigger than what you've had and looking to and quit looking at that and looking to God. It takes being washed in the blood of Jesus. It takes awaiting eagerly his coming. That's what we need of people that says, why do you keep going to church? Why do you keep talking about the Lord? Because he's coming. My heart is not here. This is not my home. I'm just a passing through. That's the reason why that little girl knew what she was talking about. I'm li- I guess I just stay too close where I get, get in the bed. And far too many people are trying to compromise because they just want big services and big people. And they, they have compromised to the point that people's lives are not being changed. Hearts are not being transformed because the people in the church is not being transformed. You need to be on fire like never before. If you've lost the fire, you need to say, God, rekindle it. Rekindle my fire. Beginning of this year, I said, there's a new day. And I truly believe that God is putting a people together that is looking for his return. And others are saying, what has happened to you? What is going on with you? The grip of this world, the grip of things have left you, have gone from you. And now you're ready to find what God really has. It's not in religion. It's not just going to church, but making your life what Jesus wants. Because you're in church just one day a week, most of you, and that's it. But outside, you need to be the church. You need to be what God says, on fire, working for those around those and say, look what the Lord has done. The one thing that I notice that I thank God for, because it's not me. Everywhere I go, people say, there's something different about you. Something that you have that others don't have. Whether I work or whether I go into a store, whether I happen in there. Some people come up to me and say, what church you go to? Because I look like, yeah, they do. Just most of the time, just put on jeans and, and have a T-shirt or whatever it is. And I'm just doing what I'm doing. They says, there's something different. And they can tell. You don't have to say a word, but they can tell. There's something different about you. And that's what Jesus is saying. Not only come to church, but be the church. And then when you come to church, we just celebrate what God's done. That's what church does. Because I am the church church is not a building. I am the church. And when I walk in, ah, now I'm part of the church. Let's have church. That's what God wants.